0: Welcome to A New Testament Journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the snake's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ, for if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. I don't think I'm in the least inferior to those super impossible to those super apostles. I may indeed be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. We have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. Was it a sin for me to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by receiving support from them so as to serve you. And when I was with you and needed something, I was not a burden to anyone, for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied what I needed. I have kept myself from being a burden to you in any way and will continue to do so. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, nobody in the regions of Achaia will stop this boasting of mine. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. And I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder... For Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who's led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas had the city of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me but I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands.
1: Sometimes it's necessary to up the ante in our relationships. Occasionally, strong confrontation is essential for people's well-being. Knowing how and when to do this is one of the biggest challenges in life. Marriage counsellors see poor conflict management as a huge cause in relational breakdown. Management consultants see poor conflict management as a huge cause of workplace troubles. Pastors see poor conflict management as a huge cause of spiritual shriveling. Do you know how to do confrontation well? Here are some tips from Paul. Firstly, Paul steps back from the very specific complaint to explain his commitment to the relationship. I don't know about you, but if someone stresses their care for me and their desire to see me do well, I'm much more open to what they will say. A statement of commitment in the midst of an argument is like a spray of air freshener in a room with a wet dog. I'm jealous for you. God knows I love you. Oh, what a wonderful whiff. Let's tell people we love them more. Let's tell people we're for them. After the statement of commitment, Paul lays out in quite emotional language the specific nature of his complaint. He makes himself vulnerable by stressing his fears for the Corinthians and telling them what he wants them to change. When the Corinthians have read this letter, they could be in no doubt what the confrontation was about. Paul made it clear for them. As hard as it might be for us to really expose ourselves to people, to really state our fear of where we think their actions are leading, it is essential for us to do so. When we equip them with clarity, we enable them to consider our perspective and come back to us in a way that builds up the relationship even if they disagree. Finally, as believers, once we have stressed our commitment and provided clarity, we include the third C of Christlikeness. We can embrace the humble manner of Jesus who was willing to look a fool for the sake of others. We pray and struggle, taking a posture of service for the sake of building up the other. We act in faith that just as God honoured Jesus, he will use us when we walk in his ways. So there you have it. Three tips for doing conflict well. Number one, express commitment and affection. Number two, be clear what you're worried about and want to see changed. And three, pursue Christ likeness, ultimately seeking God's action to redeem this whole thing if we do conflict like this, then it might seem foolish, but it does give God a chance to really move. Here's a question for reflection. How much do you pray when you enter times of conflict?
0: We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.newtestamentjourney.net.